Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with Pastor Rudy Lugo. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. I'm so blessed to be here tonight. How many are blessed to be here tonight? I love my church, amen? And I love coming on Wednesday night, being able to be a part of what's going on. The worship team is so anointed. I'm blessed every time. I can worship the whole service. Sometimes when they're finishing, I'm like, it's over already, man. But I'm so blessed by that. But I'm I'm grateful to be here to to speak to my family tonight. Um, It's good to be home. And and before I start, I just want to... Uh, uh, honor and, and thank our pastors, Omar and Letty. Can we give God some praise for them? And, and, and what a tremendous thing of 30 years being in ministry. I'm blessed by that. I'm going to go to that. I hope many of you are as well. Because we want to honor and celebrate them. Amen? Amen. I'm, and I want to thank them just for allowing me. I might get a loud echo. Just for allowing me the pulpit. Uh, it's a privilege to do that. It's an honor to do that. Uh, and just for trusting God by by allowing us to be able to serve under them uh, in this ministry in Paramount. Uh, I really, we are, are, we're really grateful and appreciate that. And uh, even more so, we know we're a church planning fellowship and, and that vision of wind, build, and send, and, and we appreciate them in trusting God and believing God and sending us to plant a church in San Antonio, Texas coming up. Amen. We've got some praise, man. I'm, I, we're excited as a family, but we're nervous at the same time. But we know God is in control. And, and we're believing God for great things. So, but, um, but anyway, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention what today is and the anniversary uh, of 9-11. Uh, we know that, you know, 18 years ago, our country came under attack. And it was a malicious attack. And a lot of people lost their lives right there in New York. And so tonight, I, just, I, I think about that. And I want to I pray before I start about that. Because it was dear to my heart, being that I was in the, in the, in the service, I was in the Air Force uh, about eight years of my life when I, when I got out of high school. And I, I actually went to the, I'm dating myself, I actually went to the first Gulf War. That was 29 years ago, almost 30 years ago. And so I went to that, and you know what? I was scared as a young 19-year-old kid, and I was there, and I was in a strange land, and I was in a country. But you know what happens? There's something that's powerful when people come together and unite. Amen. And the same thing happened in our country 18 years ago. When that happened, when that attack happened, People of, of, uh, of every ethnicity and every American came together and prayed and wanted to help. They wanted to give. They wanted to support. And they wanted to pray. And so we never want to forget that and how that happened, what happened on that day. Uh, but we want to lift up the, the victims that lost their lives, the family members that, that still today are suffering because of the loss of a loved one. That's never easy. And we also want to pray for the first responders that, that gave their lives willingly. They ran to it. They didn't run from the, that event there. And so we want to lift them up as well. Um, I, rem- I was telling Pastor Omar earlier that last year, uh, today, I was there at 9-11 at Ground Zero. I, think they, I don't think they call that any, anymore, but uh, at the Freedom Tower. And I went thinking, oh, wow, it's, it's going to be a celebration. Or, or people are going to be talking and doing all these things. They do. They say that, but they're praying. But it's so quiet. They have waterfalls that go into where the, where the tower stood. And all you can hear is the water, you know, water falling over. And all the families are there are sitting there, and they're kind of picnicking and, and, celebrating, and just spending time with their loved ones that have passed. 
And you, you can't help but be emotional when you're there. And you're seeing these families. They might not be crying anymore, but you can see the sorrow in their face. And I walked around that place for about two hours, and I couldn't help but get emotional and spend time with them and just pray. I remember talking to my wife. I said, I just want to pray. I want to pray for all these people that didn't deserve what happened on that day. And I know what it means as, as being there as an American in a country that, you know what, we're trying to do things. We're, we're asking God just to bless this land. And when something happens like that, you know what, God didn't, God didn't cause that. We know that. But when people can unite and come together in prayer and, and, and you see something happen that's special. So as I start tonight, if you would, I want to pray and just open up this, this night. But I want to remember the 9-11 families, the victims, the first responders, all those as we get ready for tonight. Amen? Because I know across this land, everybody today, they're saying they're, they're doing prayers, they're doing vigils, they're doing all these different things in remembrance of 9-11. So if you would pray with me, just join together as we start this service. Father, I thank you, Lord, for a, another night, Lord, to come to be in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. And tonight, Lord, we come in agreement. And we lift up those, Lord God, from, from the 9-11 incident, Lord God. We lift up the families, the victims, Lord, the, the, the first responders, Lord. And we just ask your hand of mercy and grace upon them, just the Spirit of God to be upon them, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, Lord, just to cover their families, Lord. Just let your comfort flow through them tonight, Lord God, as, as they're missing their loved ones, Lord. But we know, Lord, you're in control, and you're using this, Lord God. You're going you're gonna to turn it out for the good, Lord. And we lift them up in agreement in New York, Lord, because all those there, Lord, they knew someone that was involved. Lord. Around this country, it affected someone, Lord. And we pray just your comfort. During this time, Lord, we never want to forget, Lord. We always want to put you first in everything that we do. And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to gather here tonight just to, be, just to hear your word, Lord. I pray every person in here just receives from you tonight what you would have for them, Lord. Prepare every heart, Lord. Let your word fall on good ground tonight, good soil tonight, Lord. Oh, Jesus, take control. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. 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 I, praise God. Amen. Amen. I, I came tonight, and I, just want, I wanted to share my heart, um, and I just wanted to be real with you guys, because I remember um, I actually came to this church uh, about 11 years ago now. I can't believe it's been so long. My wife's been about 20 years or 19 years, and we've been here a long time, so this is home for us, but can I be, can I be real with you? When I first came to church, I didn't think it was going to be a long-term thing. When I first came in, I was going to check it out and see what was going on right there, and Pastor Dave Hernandez invited me. I said, yeah, I'll check it out. I had gotten saved about two years before, but I was kind of, you know, back, you know, back in where, where I was before. And, and, I, and I didn't know what to expect. And so I, I started coming. I, I started filling it out. But I think most people come that way, right? Nobody really comes and says, I'm going to be there forever. <laughs> That's not on your heart, or I don't know if it's on yours or mine. It wasn't like, I'm going to go there, check it out. Maybe I'll feel better. And even after I got saved, I got saved and, and, and I gave my life to the Lord. I surrendered and I was thinking, you know what? I'm starting to feel good. But if something else comes up, I'm probably going to go. I don't know if I'm going to stick around. And, and, and beside that, I mean, as I started coming, I never thought that I was going to be asked to be in ministry. Ministry, me? What am I going to do? I, mean, I don't even read the Bible yet. And, and that's real. And so as I started getting involved and, and and I went through some stuff. You know, first I met my beautiful wife, and I got married about a year and a half later. And then I had one of the hardest things in my life. The biggest trial, my son came early, and he had a need, and we were on our knees praying every day. I had the church fellowship, not just Paramount, but a lot of people that I had met 
pray for my son. And we know today his testimony, he's eight years old and, he, and he's, a, he's doing well. And we have another son too, Levi, with him, who's his best friend right now, or so they say, <laughs> until they fight, until they get their toys taken away. Then they're not best friends anymore. But then as I started to just, uh, uh, you know, thank God for what he was doing, for his grace, just for the blessing of my life, I wanted to do more. I didn't know what I could do. But then, and then I was asked to, 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 uh, to lead a Bible study. And I'm like, me? And I remember Pastor Omar asking me, and I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Do you think I'm ready? And he said, yeah, you're ready. And so then doing that, and then, and then even more after doing that for several years, and then asking to be assistants. My wife and I, being, uh, being under Sister, uh, Sister Lethe and Pastor Omar, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is there no end to this? What God can think I can do? Because I don't think I can do it. But I'll tell you this, what I didn't know is that I was called. And I'll tell you tonight, as you're here, you're called. You're called tonight. You may think, yeah, amen. You are called tonight. You are called. God has a plan for your life. You may think that you, you, you may think you're not qualified to do the things of God. You might be like me, like, I don't know what I can do for God, but I'm here. And you don't know, but and you, you hear things like this. And Pastor Omar, I've said it. God doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And that's you tonight. That's you where you are. And it's crazy to think how God does things sometimes. I mean, I'm always amazed because it seems that God does things backwards, humanly speaking. In, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 127, I'm going to read this verse. Chapter 1, verse 27, it says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And I think about that's what God does. God does that. You know, when we come to him, we, we may not think we can do it, but through God it's possible. And if he's called you, he's going to enable it to happen. And I get excited for that because I thought I wasn't good enough when I came to Praise Chapel. I thought I wasn't good enough to be called child of God. I don't know if you felt that way. But when I first walk in here, I mean, I, I feel like I don't know if they're going to allow me to stay more than a couple of weeks. Because I know I have an attitude problem. And I don't like a lot of things. And I speak my mind. Anybody like that? I'm, I'm like that. And, and, and that's the way I felt. But thank God he called me. Thank God that he put people in my life that loved me enough to put up with me. And to tell me that I needed Jesus. You know, and I th thank God, like, when, when, whenever I hear a message, I feel like it's for me. When Pastor Omar says that, he, wrote the, he writes every message for me, I think. I think that when I'm sitting there, I, it, I receive it, and like, oh, man, that was a good one. Oh, God, you know what I need tonight, and, this, and whatever day it is. But we know in the, in, the, in the sermon series right now, in the current month of, of Prayer Life Matters, that God speaks to us in different ways. You know, he'll speak to us through his word. Through, through gifted speakers. We know that, that he'll, he'll put things on your heart and your mind to share. But he also speaks us through his pain, or through our pain, I'm sorry. And can I say this? I thank God that he got a hold of me through my pain. I thank God for that because, man, I was one hard-headed. I was self-centered. I was full of pride. I was bitter. Man, the world, I felt the world wasn't good. It didn't treat me very well. And I was ready to get back at it. And I was just thinking, you know, that's the way God needed to get a hold of me. Because I wasn't reading the Bible, and, and I didn't want to hear somebody sharing the gospel with me or talking about Jesus. I didn't want to hear any of that. You know, and, and I wasn't feeling anything from God because I didn't, I didn't know him. I didn't know what to expect from him. But I'll tell you this, in the midst of my pain, God showed up powerfully. I share that because at that time, uh, and some of you know my testimony, but uh, when I got saved, right before I got saved, my mom had passed away from cancer. She was 50, 52 years old. And I just went through a divorce, and I was, on, I was on a vengeance. I wanted to get back to some people that had hurt me, and I had lost everything. 
And I was planning, my sister asked me one day, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know, but my mind was on certain things, what I wanted to do to get revenge. But then my sister invited me to church. And, was, and, and I felt like, 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 like Jesus, when he confronted Saul and knocked him off his horse, that's what it felt like to me. He stopped and said, wait a minute, I, I didn't think I was going to persecute, but I wanted to hurt somebody. And so that's, that's what it reminds me. When I think about that, I had things on my mind. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, had a, I was filled with rage and anger and bitterness. But God showed up. Jesus showed up. And, and I went to a ministry, a woman's ministry, and I was there and, and, and with all these women there. And they were talking about how men are this, and they treated you this way, and they did this. And they're no good. And you know what? They fall short and they can't meet the need and they go mess around. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's just talking about, I mean, I'm, there's probably three guys there and I'm the youngest one. The other guy's maybe 80 years old and just hanging out. And I'm like, man. And she said, but you know what? They might have done all those things to you, but Jesus still forgives them. And all those women just looked at me. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Not to you anyway, right? And, 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 I, and, and I'm like, man, they, they hate men here. And so, and the reason when I was there, I went to thank the pastor, to, to thank her for, for, for giving a love offering for my mom's uh, funeral. And she just, she just thanked me, and I thanked her, and, and I left. And I, was like, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And my sister came out. She was happy, and she goes, she goes, how did you like it? And I said, I feel worse. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. And I'm like what? And so she said, are you going to come back? And I said, I don't think so. They don't even like men in there. But can I tell you that week, that week, all I could think about was that Jesus still forgave them and he loved them. And you know what? It didn't matter if they came to him, he would still receive them. And I thought about all the things that I had done wrong and how I lived and, and how I, I didn't deserve all that love and that forgiveness. I didn't deserve it. Man, and I tell you tonight, you're here tonight, and you, I don't know what your, what your circumstances or how you feel tonight. And as I get, and I, now I'm going to get started with my message, but as I get started, God has something for you. You might be in pain right now, but God's going to speak to you. You may go through something right now, and I know this word is going to be for you. Wherever you're at, however you feel right now, I hope you're ready to receive tonight. Amen? Amen. So my text is going to be out of the, chap, uh, the book of John. Chapter 8, it's going to be on the screen if you don't have your Bible or your Bible app open. But I'm going to read John chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 12 through 19. And it says this in verse 12. Are you going to put it up there? There you go. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you are making these claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these, these claims are valid even, the, even though I make them about myself, for I know where I came from and I know where I'm going, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards and I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am alone. I, I am not alone. My father who sent me is with me. Your own law says if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father, they asked. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. Amen. Jesus says, church, he's the light of the world. If you follow me, you don't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. Oh, come on, church, because 
He's saying this right now. He's the light of the world. And what that says to me is that if you follow him, you don't have to walk in shame anymore. If you follow him, you don't have to walk in regret. If you follow him, you don't have to live with unforgiveness anymore, any bitterness. When you follow him, all those things you don't have to live with anymore. That gets me excited tonight because I'm thinking about this, and I want that from something. When I came to church, I was looking for that. I lived in that bitterness. I lived in that shame and that regret that, you know, I didn't get to do things that I wanted to do. I thought were, were good for me. And I showed up to church, and Jesus right there embraced me. Come on, somebody. Who's following Jesus tonight? Come on. See, now, when I came to the Lord... When I came to the Lord and I was getting integrated, I was becoming a Jesus freak, and I love that title. That's me. I'm going out there. You need Jesus just like I did. But you know what? There was people that were trying to discourage me. They were asking me, what are you doing? Are you sick? You know, what's going on? Are you depressed? And, and you know, what's, we're trying to figure things out. Like, you don't need that stuff. That's not you. But just like in verse 13 of that chapter, the Pharisee told Jesus, you're making such claims, but your testimony is not valid. Can I tell you, when, the, when you come to the Lord, you're, you're going to get naysayers. They're going to say, what are you doing? They're your friends. They're your family. What are you doing there? Why are you going to that church? You don't need it. That's not you. But you say to them what Jesus told the Pharisees, for I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going, and you don't know this about me because I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the Most High. I'm the child of the Great I Am, and I know who my Father is. I started reading this chapter, and I'm like, that was me when I first came to the Lord because people were telling me, come on, let's go back to the bar. And I said, I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. You don't know this about me because I already know what it's like to be in the presence of God. I know who my father is. And I'm telling you, church, when you, whether you've been here a few weeks or a few years, you need to get a hold of that. You know where you've come from. And you know where you're going. If you've been here any amount of time, you know, sometimes we go through seasons and trials and we start to feel dry. And like, I don't know if God's speaking to me anymore. Well, are you there? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying anymore? Are you fellowshipping with other believers? Because I'll tell you, when you don't do that, you'll start to become dry. And those same people will still be calling you. But here's the key. You have to remember who you are. If, you, if, you, if you've received the Lord into your life and you said, Jesus, come into my life, you're a child of God. He doesn't leave you. We leave him. So when you come here, be ready to receive all that. It's a blessing to be in the presence of God. Once you've been in his presence, nothing else matters. How do you feel when you're up here at the altar, when you release and let it go and you surrender and you get touched? Nothing else matters. You're not thinking, where do I have to go right now? You know, I have to go go be somewhere. You don't want to leave this place when you've been touched by God. But we tend to forget, church. We tend to forget when we all of a sudden, when we had a bad day, we're not praising God anymore. We get discouraged when things are not going our way or Jesus hasn't answered our prayer fast enough. When we say, Jesus, where are you? You know what I'm going through. I need you. What happened, Jesus? I thought, I thought you had that. Why haven't you answered my prayer? See, if you're not careful tonight, it can happen to you. It doesn't matter how long you've been coming. It doesn't matter. You have to remember that you're a child of God. When you received him, you received all that he has. But do you want it? But do you want it? I, I tell this because I remember when I first came to church, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I asked God. I, I wanted to know more, but I was like, I don't really understand what's going on, though. You know, I'm listening. I'm hearing it. It sounds good. It feels good, but it still doesn't. I don't really understand everything, but I kept coming because I wanted to know. That may be you tonight. You're, 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 you're getting into the feel of it. You know, however you were raised, you're here now. God has called you to this house. He wants you to get rooted and planted and, and receive all that he has. But here's the thing. 
I started to understand, you know, what was going on. I started going, I started learning what it was to go to church. I started learning how to play church. I started learning how to pray. I started learning how to just fit in, right, and, and make friends. I was feeling pretty good, but I didn't realize who I was. I didn't know who I was. And many Christians live their lives and their walks that way on, the, on, that, on that fact that, you know what, I'm going to church and it feels good. But do you know who you are? You know what, I don't like that sometimes uh, Christians and believers, when they're going through something and they tell me, man, this life is too hard. Can I tell you, it is too hard if you continue to live like the old way. It is too hard if you hold on to the past. It'll be too hard for you if you hold on for un- un- unforgiveness. Of course it's going to be too hard. What do you expect? Why are you carrying that old baggage to what God has for you that's new? So that's when I said, when you come to the Lord, you got to surrender. Give him that baggage that you're carrying. It's not for you to carry. And when you do that, you begin to discover your new identity in Christ. I'm speaking to somebody tonight. Because I know we all go through it. You know, we all go through those seasons. You know, we're going to be on the mountaintop top, top one weekend. The next week we might be in the valley. But I say this, you have to surrender it all. Because if you don't, you stay open to the targets and lies of the enemy that say things like, you're not good enough. You're going to fail. You, know, you haven't changed. You're not even a child of God. Those things will play with your mind if you haven't fully surrendered. Why are you going? You're still doing the old thing. Why are you going? You still hang out with these same people. Why are you going? You still flirt with the same things. And we expect change here. We want to feel good here, but do what we're doing outside. That won't, that, this Christian walk will be too hard. You need the Holy Spirit to walk you through it. I like what the Word of God says in Galatians 2.20, and this is out of the, the, uh, the Passion Translation. It says, my old identity has co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of, his, of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. That's how you live. That's how, this, that's how you go through this Christian walk. You can't do it the old way. See, when you surrender, you can't continue to live that way anymore. It doesn't work. You're, you'll start to say, it's too hard. It, I can't do it. See, uh, new believers, a lot of times, or even, even believers that have been here for a while, they say, how do I do this? How do I continue this? You know, Rudy, I, I, I want all that God has for me. I've surrendered, but, I, but how do I live this new life? I do the right things. I go to church I go to prayer. I do these things that I'm supposed to do. But have you, have you changed your mind yet? Pastor Omar says, get rid of the stinking thinking. And the word of God in, in, uh, in the book of Romans says this in chapter 12, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that this is what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It starts there. The Passion Translation says it this way. Stop Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying, perfect in his eyes. That's what we need to do, church. Don't just play church, because I, I can play church pretty good. I can, I can walk the walk here, but do you walk the walk out there? It's a, it's a different story when you're out there and, 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 so, and when the world surrounds you. See, if, you're not, if, if you don't continue to live it the same way, you become a target. 
the strategies and the lies, the power of suggestion come in your life and the whispers. You know what, there's uh, Pastor Rumbers, I don't know how many voices there are in our heads, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> but do you know the voice of God? Yes. Amen. I, I want you to remember this tonight, that you're a child of God. Amen. If you've responded to that call, if you've accepted him, you have all that he, I mean, he has so much for you. Listen, whether you've been, it doesn't matter how long you've been coming. If it's been a few weeks or a few years, you know, stop trying to be so perfect. Let the Holy Spirit work through you. You're not going to get it right all the time. Remember this. You're a child of God. Sometimes we, we get ahead of ourselves and, and, we, and, you know, we get excited for the things of God or, or when we get blessed. Maybe it's a financial blessing that's like, well, I didn't expect that. Thank you, Jesus. But we get excited and we forget coming to church. Or we forget to go to prayer. We don't have time anymore. We've got to spend this money. See, when you, when, you, when you start compromising those things that you were doing, and when you see your blessing, that's, that's, that's the beginning of the wrong direction. Or we try to do too much. We try to fill our day. I understand. You know, we want to do everything we can for God. But no, don't neglect the, 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 the little things that got you here. You know, when you used to pray on your knees, and you used to say, Jesus, I need you. But when things are good, you're not praying on your knees anymore. What happened? Did it work the first time? It probably did because you came to church. When, when you needed God on your knees, he showed up. Why don't we do that anymore? Don't forget those things that got you to where you're at. Don't forget the things that got you when you're feeling good. Because that same formula works to keep you staying good. Amen? Amen. I, 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 I think about this as we come to church, and, and I said this earlier, but... We, we try to do too much. Sometimes we come in and we're excited and we, and we felt the presence and we go, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to be in this ministry. And then you start, you know, uh, 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 overbooking yourself, so to speak. But I, I like what Jesus says when, when he's talking to his disciples about conversion and humility in, in the book of Matthew chapter 18. It says this in uh, verse 2 to 4. It's going to be up on the screen. He says, then Jesus called a little child to him. He set him in the midst of them and said, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will, be no mean, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, who humbles, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see, when you come to the Lord, church, Jesus doesn't expect you to know everything. He doesn't expect you to have all the answers. He doesn't expect you to come in there and start solving all the problems. That's not why he's called you. He's called you first. He wants, he wants to embrace you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to heal you. It's not you come in, you're excited because you got touched, and now you want to, you want to run a race, you want to do everything you can, because you know what happens? Because you don't have a foundation, and you get tired, and you get burnt out. Believe me, we, we want your help. But we want you to be healed inside. We want you to get feel better, because when you do that, it comes from the heart. And then... That's why, you know, sometimes when we come to prayer, uh, I mean, for me, I, I, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a question if I'm coming anymore because I know I need it. You, you need to get to that point where, you know what, prayer should be the foundation of every morning you start your day. When you wake up, say a prayer. I think Pastor Omar said five minutes. You'll, you know what, five minutes goes fast. You, you, when you're on social media, that's, that's nothing. You can spend an hour in bed in the morning looking at social media. You got five minutes. You got five minutes. You got, you got 10, 15, 20. Believe me, it goes fast. Yes. And when you start reading and you, and you start not just reading but processing what you're reading, that five minutes will be like this. I guarantee if you did that every morning, 
you would see transformation in your life. You cannot help but you know be transformed in your mind because of that. You know, I, I it's it's uh it's not how much you know or how much you've done or even how gifted you are. Jesus wants your heart. He wants you as you are. He wants you to come vulnerable and, and just open to receive his love. He wants you to come just like an innocent child. He wants you to come that way. It's okay to come that way. You can be vulnerable, men. You can cry if you want to. You know, I, n- I never really used to cry before I came to the Lord. Now I cry all the time. I don't know how it happens. I mean, I cry more than my wife. I hate that. I can't go to a movie. If I go to a movie, she, I don't even want to look at her. She's like, don't cry, babe. Don't cry. I'm like, what? Don't. I got to go to the restroom. Don't make me miss the movie, babe. Because I already know. She already knows. If somebody starts crying, if there's a, a sad or a happy time, she already knows. So, so to prevent that, I tell her, don't cry, babe. Don't cry to, to distract myself. <laughs> Jesus wants you to come as an innocent as a child when you come. When he's speaking to the Corinthian church, he says this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse 11. He says, when I was a child, this is Paul speaking. When I was a child, I spoke and, and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away the childish things. Can I be real with you today? Let me tell you this. When you come to church and when you start your walk, you're going to make mistakes. You're probably going to make a lot of them, right? You're not going to be perfect. And that's okay. You know what? When you have a new, a new baby at home or you have a toddler, you allow them to explore. They're going to make mistakes, right? You still love them, but they still get up. And you keep going forward. It's going to happen. Sometimes, you know, it's unintentional, right? You're going to make mistakes. It's unintentional. But like little kids, it might be unintentional to see how much they can get away with, right? But we come this way, and Paul's telling them that. When I was a child, you know, I spoke and thought that way, and I reasoned as a child. But then there was a time to mature. There was a time to grow. And I say that because sometimes we can walk this walk and be comfortable and settle. And, be, and you know where we're at? We don't need to go grow anymore. There's a time when you need to, to, to get up. Because you know what? You're going to make mistakes. We know the enemy's out there. He's real. He's going to trip you up, you know, and, and you're going to stumble, but you need to get back up. He, don't, don't, don't keep licking your wounds for so long and say, oh, I've been hurt too long already. No, I don't, haven't seen God move. All those things. Those are childish things. Or I want to leave the church now because I haven't got what I wanted. Uh, I'm not in a certain ministry yet. Or nobody really talks to me. Or I haven't been given a word yet. All these different things affect different people. There's a time when you mature and know that God has his best for you. It's not about those things anymore. It's what God has for you. There's a time to look past that, the the, the petty stuff, and start living as a man and woman of God. When you know God has you here for a purpose, he has you here for a reason. You know, when you you do that, when you put away the childish things, when you put away all the, 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 the petty stuff in your life and you start walking and you, you, you walk more with boldness, you walk more confidently in the Lord, you walk with authority that Christ has given you because you're not worried about the little stuff or who's going to offend me. You're not worried about that. They're not going to let you, you know, I'm not going to let them affect me. I've, I had a brother recently tell me, you know what, I used to be that way, but I'm not that way anymore. If they offend, I'm not going to receive their offense anymore. I'm, I'm not going to hold them such a to high standard where they're going to let me down anymore. And you know what, that, what happens when you do that? You start walking with authority because they can't get to you. They don't have power over you anymore. Don't let that happen to you anymore. <laughs> remember, remember this. 
Listen to me, church. You're going to get knocked down, but you need to get back up. You need to get back up because you are a man or a woman of God. You don't do the childish things anymore. Now, if that's you, if you're still learning, that's okay. Praise God. You know what? Keep going. Keep going and keep going and, and, and talk to other brothers and sisters that have been here a while. Link up with them. Don't link up with the world, but link up with them, somebody that's been here for a while. Amen? It's exciting when you can walk that way confidently because you know what? When you come here, you, know, you're, you were called, I said in the beginning, you were called to be here, but you weren't just called to be here. You're called to be here with a purpose. You're called to be here. You're created to worship the King of Kings. So when you come here, that's, that's what we do at Praise Chapel. You come in here, you know, and, and we know that God has something for us. See, I told you when I first came here, I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I thought this was temporary. I thought I was going to feel better and say, all right, thanks, guys. Good job. I feel better now. But that didn't happen because God called me here with a purpose. He has called you here with a purpose. Can I tell you that people are going to talk about you? They may try to discourage you. They may try to offend you on purpose. They may try to remind you of your past. But you don't live there anymore. You don't live in the past anymore. And that's what we preach here. You go forward, not backward. You're a child of God. In 1 John chapter 3, can you put that up, verse 1? It says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that because we are God's children because they don't know him. They don't recognize that because they don't know him. Quit trying to convince people you're a child of God. Just show them with your life. It gets, it, you know what, sometimes we want to beat up our family by saying, come on, you need to go to church. God loves you. Jesus loves you. All the blah, blah, blah. And then and they see you cursing somebody out. That's not going to work. Keep inviting them. But you know what? They'll, they'll, they'll come. They'll see, man, what happened to their life? I remember they used to be so foul-mouthed. They used to be vulgar. They used to party and drink and get drunk. Now I don't even see them anymore. I see them on Facebook praising God. I see them in church all the time. Something's different about them. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. You're a royal priest, a, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Come on, church. Let that light shine brightly. You need to walk in your new identity that God has given you. You need to walk in his love, his authority, his power, his favor. That's all for you. Do you want it? Do you want it, church? You didn't sound like you wanted it. Come on. Come on. You got the praise. Man, I was fired up, right? I was typing this. Man, I was like, I'm going to walk into the authority. I'm going to. And you guys are like. Did I miss something? Amen. Amen. I'm going to start to wrap up. Can I have the musicians come up? How much time do I have? All right, we're good. <clears throat> Amen. Let me tell you this, church. I'm going to put up a Psalms 37 up there, verse 23. Amen. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every, what does it say? Detail of their lives. <laughs> every detail of their lives, even when you mess up. He delights and he see, when he sees you trying to do better, trying to serve him, trying to, be, trying to be what he's called you to be. And you make a mistake. He still delights in seeing you grow. It says the, in, every, in every detail. That's every detail, church. All these different things. He's called you. He's called you here with a purpose. You were created to worship the king of kings. He planted you in a church 
that, that, that it, you can just feel the revival happening in this place. Something special is happening in this place. You, you, you have a, a faithful pastors, obedient pastors that are, that are obedient to the Holy Spirit, that are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You know, when, when, when people come in, here's the thing I love about Praise Chapel Paramount, is first we want you to belong, right? And as you start to belong, you feel that belonging, you build some friendships, then you start to believe. And when you start to believe the gospel that God is real, Jesus is real, and the things that we're preaching is real, you start to behave. I remember being somewhere at, at, uh, a long time ago uh, when I first was, like, church exploring before I came here. I mean, it, it, it was so, like, you, know, you got to do this, you got to do this. You can't come in here at this time. You got to go to this place. And you know what? I understand the order of service, but it was how I was received. I didn't feel welcome there. I didn't feel belong. But there's something special that happens in Paramount. You know, it, I, I love it because you're, you're all my family. You're my family here. We're the body of Christ. And it's, I want to see every one of you succeed in this walk. You know, uh, I remember coming here thinking that, you know what, it's temporary. We'll see what happens. And we come in here thinking, we don't know what God has for us. And all of a sudden, God starts to move in our lives. He starts to move so powerfully, we didn't expect it. And all of a sudden, you can't not get it. You can't, you can get, you can't get enough of what God has for you. I'm going to read this story, and I've read it before, and some of you know this story, but it went along with uh, what I was saying, that, you know, you're being a child of God and knowing your identity in Christ and living that way. And it's the story of, uh, of the baby lion that, that, he, that he got lost and he was raised among sheep. And, and I like that story because it, sh- it shows a perfect example of how we could be sometimes when, when we're, unfam- we're in unfamiliar ground. But as the baby lion grew with the sheep, you know, he started to learn their ways, and he started to act like them, and even crying like them, and, and, and banging as, as sheep do. And every once in a while, lions would come through, and they would chase the sheep, and they would capture one, they would eat one, and they would leave. But every time that happened, the little cub would run around, and, and he was afraid for his life, because he would see what was going on. The lions would pass the cub every time they would come, every time they would scatter. And every time they would catch one, they would just leave, and, and the cub would, would think, why don't they ever grab me? And so one day, a lion came rushing in. They were, gonna, they were chasing the sheep, but every sheep got away, and the big lion turned around and looked at the cub. And all of a sudden, he started to shudder right there. And he said, okay, he's coming for me. And, and he started, the lion started walking over him, and he was like, he started, you know, banging and crying. He's like, stop doing that. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid. He goes, but why are you afraid? You're one of us. And the cub, the cub was like, he, he couldn't hear that because he was so afraid. He was so full of fear. He, he couldn't realize what he was saying. But the lion understood what was going on. So he said, come with me. And he led the cub to a stream. And he asked him to drink water. And as the, cu- the cub stooped down and he looked into the water, he started to stare. And the lion said, what do you see? And the cub said, I said, I see a lion staring at me. And all of a sudden, the cub got it. And the lion said, you're not a sheep. You're a lion. And the lion roared, and so did the cub. He was a lion. You have to remember who you are. You're a child of God. You're a child of God tonight. Can I tell you that you, you, may, you may get lost. You know, you may wander. You, know, you, may, you, you may want to stray. You may get caught up, you know, with the wrong crowds. You know, uh, you're, the, the world is pulling you. But God is still calling you here. Remember that you're the son and daughter of the King of Kings. Remember who you are. 
Our Father is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus is the Lion of Judah. And he's calling you tonight. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.